0: Welcome back to TCK Care the podcast. This is your host Stephen Black, and joining us on the show today is Michelle Phoenix. Today we're going to be talking about uh, Michelle and some of the projects that she has uh, that she has going on right now. Uh, Michelle is doing a lot of work for TCKs. Um, she grew up as a TCK herself. And she has worked with TCKs for over 20 years, so she has a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience in this field, Um, and she's working on some very unique, very relevant, meaningful projects. So, we're going to hear a little bit about Michelle's story, we're going to be hearing a little bit about what she's got going on, we'll hear about how you can get involved with some of the projects, and of course we're going to talk about how awesome it is to be a TCK. Why? Because it's TCK Care the Podcast. That's why. Ladies and gentlemen, Michelle Phoenix. Michelle, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. Yeah. And because this is a TCK podcast, I have to ask you, Michelle, where are you from? (laughs)
2: You had to, did you? I'm actually one of those rare MKs who has three passports that vouch for where I'm from. So I was born in France, born and raised in France. My father was Canadian. He passed away a few years ago. My mom is American. Um, And then after growing up in France, I actually lived in Germany and taught at Black Forest Academy for 20 years after that. I do not have a German passport, however.
0: (laughs) Okay, so um, I'm assuming an American passport, possibly a French passport. And then, or, and a Canadian one. And then a Canadian. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Wow. So the term passport country doesn't uh, doesn't quite mean the <laughs> same thing.
2: It doesn't help. It doesn't help. In case of war, though, I've got a few options.
0: Yeah. There you go. There you go. Wow. That is something. And so you said you were in, you were at uh, Black Forest in Germany for twenty years.
2: Twenty years. Yeah,
0: okay. the best wow. years of my life. Nice. What did you t- teach at Black Forest?
2: I got to teach all the fun stuff, except when a warm body was needed for the less fun stuff. So Mm, um, I taught choir and music and music in general and voice and drama, public speaking, creative writing, the occasional French or English class. um, But really the classes where kids got to come in and express themselves. And that led to some really memorable Mm. interactions with them over all the years.
0: Yeah, definitely. Those are the fun classes. Every time I hear someone say that they taught math for any length of time, I just want to give them a hug or pat on the back and be like, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> or a therapy dog or
2: something.
0: <laughs> God, bless it. God bless our math teachers. Yes. Well, Michelle, I, I, uh, I know that you're involved in TCK care in a lot of different ways, but uh, one of the things that um, has caught my attention in recently has been the uh, the MK Harbor Project. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is?
2: Yeah, this came out of, well, really it came out of the same thing that motivates pretty much every aspect of my ministry, and that is providing for today's MKs, what was lacking for MKs of my generation. So I graduated high school back in 1986, and at that time, not only was there very little understanding of how growing up in missions can affect a young person, but there was also very little support when they got back to what we call their passport culture. So in Mm -hmm. my case, I went to Wheaton College, and that was my next step out of the bubble of DSA. So I thought a couple years ago that it might be interesting to form a network of people really all over the world um, who – at least understand MKs enough to care about how their transition goes and Mm. ideally who are MKs or have raised MKs. And these people sign up through my website which is MichellePhoenix.com, and then there's a tab that's called MK Harbor. They sign up, they're vetted, they have to have a couple um, references, and these people then become available for MKs who move to their area and need not a place to live cost-free, that's not the point of the program, but MKs who would love to be able to get out of the dorms or to have a home-cooked meal every so often, to talk with somebody who has been in that location longer than they have and might have some input into, you know, those, those finicky, parts of transition like mm-hmm. how do I start a bank account and getting driving lessons and mm-hmm. all those small things that are just natural for the locals but that are a lot more complicated for transitioning MKs.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I, I put this out a couple of years ago. I think I'm up to two hundred and fifty harbors have now signed up. Wow. Um and and they they're from Africa to Hawaii and places in between. It's a pretty a pretty broad net that we've cast. Wow,
1: I'm so no the kidding.
2: challenge I'm finding, and this is where your listeners might be able to, to help out, the challenge I'm finding is getting MKs to reach out for this kind of connection. And I have my theories as to why that is, but it's been one of the challenges that I've run up against. We've probably matched twenty MKs to date. Mm-hmm. Um but having taught them, having seen them graduate from high school over all those years, I know that there are more that could have benefited from this program.
0: Mm. Yeah, right. So you have over 200 people who have expressed their willingness to participate in providing um, providing love and mentorship right. to, to TCKs, but not that many TCKs have signed up yet. Is that what I mean? Right.
2: Yeah, and and to some degree I understand it because my own reentry to the U.S. is not so far gone that I can't remember it anymore, and and I do know that I was kind of walking this fine line between being autonomous and wanting to own my new reality, and I think sometimes that pushes us away from reaching out for somebody who can just walk with us in Mm -hmm. those in those episodes of our life. So Mm -hmm. my my worry is that MKs are afraid of looking weak or needy, and that's why they're not reaching out. When really this is kind of an addition support being offered to them, not not something that's um, like a charity case. It's just an extra resource for helping them to acclimate to a new, a new place.
0: Mm, yeah. And supports are, you know, obviously um, necessary just for survival. I wear glasses and someone, I, w- I was reading a book somewhere that said, when do you wake up in the morning like, wow, I really would like to, you know, break free of my support system and not wear my glasses. Like, No wear my glasses every day. It's my support system. And I think that relationships can definitely be that for us too, that, you know, if you have somebody who's aware of the transition that you're going through, um, whether they've raised TCKs or been TCKs, they're going to be aware of what it takes to make that transition. And they're going to be aware of blind spots and they're going to be that support system for you.
2: Right, and they can also be kind of cultural coaches and people right. that won't laugh at us. They might laugh with us, but that we can ask <laughs> our really stupid questions of because there's yes. so many things that are basic knowledge in whatever passport culture MKs return to that they just haven't been acquainted with yet. Right. So yeah. these are people that we can ask about, do, how do I kick? Or how do I answer? This is one that came up recently with an MK that I was mentoring. Um, when I'm at the cat, at the checkout in a store and they say, would you like to give five dollars to, to, I don't know, cancer research. How do I answer that? Because she was feeling this horrible guilt every time she said no. So it was just a question of saying, well, you can say not today, and then that means that you will at some point, or you have at some point, and you're not saying no to cancer research. So those silly little things that we might not ask our roommates or our RA about, that we can ask these people who kind of understand and are there to help in that way.
0: Right, yeah, absolutely. Also, I think that would be a very valuable place to sort of um, venture frustrations in a way that it's not going to be yeah. taken as outright negativism or bitterness. Um, but, you know, right. every transition, especially a major cultural transition, comes along with its own unique stressors and stuff. And I think people who don't feel that pain and haven't been through it themselves might take it the wrong way when they hear you expressing the difficulties that go along with that transition.
2: Right. And the other thing that they'll do is not assume that we're being arrogant when we're talking about the things that are frustrating in a new culture. Yeah. A lot of times when we talk about the places we've known, um, and how the differences are affecting us, it sounds like we're bragging about growing up, you know, near the right. pyramids of Egypt, but yes. we're just talking about our life and our other worlds. And yeah. these people will be able to understand that and not judge us so much for
0: it. Right. Right. Absolutely. That's another thing that, uh, might be beneficial is learning how to. Learning how to share your story and then also uh, perhaps getting a break from sharing it in the quote unquote proper way, a way that's acceptable to a monocultural person, you know, having a a break from that and being able to talk about, like you say, the pyramids of Egypt or whatever the case may be.
2: Right. And really, it's also somebody who's going to ask those questions and ask them quickly. I do a lot of teaching on the differences between the way multicultural, so MKs and TCKs do relationships, and the way monoculturals do relationship, And in a normal relationship building kind of strategy with one's peers, especially in North America, those questions about where are you from and how does it feel to be here and what are your core values and cultural values, um, those aren't going to come until months or maybe even years into a new relationship. So having access to harbors who understand that and who are comfortable asking the real questions that allow us to stay connected to our previous universes, that's really important too.
0: Right, absolutely. Absolutely. And now, Michelle, something that's come to mind in uh, looking into the Harbor Project and just thinking about all that this entails is that oftentimes in transition, uh, the first person to make friends with the new kid, in our case, the TCK, uh-huh. when TCK moves into a new place and they go to school for the first time, for example, the first person that is uh, most likely to connect with them will be a social outlier, someone who doesn't quite fit into the other social spheres for whatever reason. And so if a TCK uh, hangs on to that friendship and says, yes, this is going to be my one most significant Uh relationship, then they're joining the social outlier Uh on the sort of the fringes of, you know, society, so to speak. I don't know if there's yeah. a more gentle way to put that, but that's yeah. that's kind yeah. of how it is, right?
2: And that's the danger of not knowing how we do, how different we are in the way we make relationships, because so many MKs do exactly what you're describing. They come back into their passport culture and try to enter into relationships the way we're used to doing it amongst ourselves, not realizing that it's actually a very um, counter-cultural way to do things. So yes, right. they do end up with, with a stable of kind of the people who are considered odd in this culture and considered odd for good reason a lot of the time. And sure. then, because we're so loyal as well, we sometimes find it hard to unlatch from that person when we realize what we've gotten ourselves into yes, and exactly. to look for the more long, drawn-out entry into true relationship that's just going to take a longer time to achieve with, mm-hmm. with the more regular crowd. We're, MKs are what I call um, edge dwellers, and it serves us well. It's actually one of our qualities to be able to sit on the edges of really highly identified subcultures and Mm. observe and Mm -hmm. see what makes them tick and see where their commonalities are and how we can bridge the gaps, but it also therefore requires, if we're going to make true relationships for ourselves, that we allow ourselves to dip our toes and maybe more into those highly identified subcultures to find the people and invest in the relationships that will eventually end up in the kind of friendship we're looking for.
0: Mm. I can definitely see an MK Harbor um, being advantageous in that process um, that instead of solely relying on um, the first relationship that um, presents itself to you, you have this Harbor where you have sort of a, an an anchor, if you will, or a starting point to sort of branch out from and say, okay, you have some stable relationships. You're not desperate for friends. You're not desperate for community. Um, You can take some time to forge relationships and meet people and stuff like that. And if, Sorry? Right.
2: And really, really, we need to learn to identify various forms of relationship and to celebrate them for what they bring us in that moment without mm. um, casting them aside because they're not what we want them to be. Sure, so yeah. in, in terms of what feels very shallow sometimes when we're used to our very quick and intense entry into relationship with PCK peers, um, what feels really shallow in our home country actually is... A stepping stone towards what we're looking for and we need to acknowledge that. So those weeks and months that we might spend talking about sports and sitcoms and music that feel so tedious to us, we need to recognize that that's actually that counterpart honoring us with what is considered the entry into relationship in this culture and to honor that enough that we give it the time to to draw us deeper into what we're actually looking for. So the Harbor Project, those are people who can actually kind of bandage that that gaping wound that we might have when we come back to the States and ask us the, the meaningful questions right. and allow us to be the people that we are until those other monocultural relationships reach the level that we're looking for.
0: Right, yes, that's good.
2: And I thought, can I add one thing?
0: Yeah, absolutely, go for it.
2: A lot of times on this topic, we tend to judge monoculturals as as being inferior, relationally speaking, because they do things the way they do. From all the interviewing I've done since I started this ministry stateside eight years ago, and from all the feedback I've gotten from adult MKs, I assure you that there's a good reason that cultures end up doing things slowly and surely when it comes to entry into relationships. And it isn't shallow. It's actually cautious, and there are a lot of advantages to it. Um, And we need to humble ourselves enough to realize that just because we do things one way and that way seems to work for us, that doesn't mean that the other ways are invalid
0: for any reason right good word and i like that you said you know things are done slowly and surely and you uh, you use the you use the word cautiously yeah. and that's yeah. not that's not the same as shallow although people can at times be shallow i would say yeah. that so so too can tck's in the way we do things quickly it can be right. sort of haphazardly in you know in yeah. worst case scenarios and so um yeah I really appreciate that you pointed that out that taking a long time to develop a relationship is not necessarily yeah. shallowness it's just the sort of caution that's inherent within this culture and that we right. as TCKs should right. be respectful of that
2: And cultural norms are made so that the people who belong in that culture are comfortable with them, not people who come into the culture slingshotted from across the ocean. (laughs) So we need to understand that these cultural norms are there because this culture is comfortable with things that way, and we're the ones who need to learn and adapt as we enter it.
0: Right, absolutely. It's a system, right? Any system has its its norms and its mores and everything like that. And you would hope that a TCK, especially because they're a TCK, they've... Uh, They've learned adaptation. They learned adaptation, living in multiple in multiple countries, multiple cultures. You'd hope that the TCK would um, would really grasp the appreciation for the need to adapt
2: the ironic thing sure. about that and that's that GTKs do have this incredible um, skill set of adaptability and uh, understanding differences. The problem is that a lot of times when it comes to our own culture the culture yeah. that's supposed to be our home culture and right. doesn't feel like it a lot of times when it comes to that culture we refuse to extend the same kind of grace and understanding and adaptation that we would to any other culture anywhere in the world I like to right. say that I could drop an MK and some remote tribe, somewhere right. on some island, and they would find a way to live among those people and make a life for themselves. If I were to drop them into the suburbs of Chicago, they would have a lot harder time because of the <laughs> attitude, as I did, that we bring to having to come back to this passport culture a lot of times for studies.
0: Yes, exactly. And that adaptation really is a strength, right? Like you were saying, you can adapt to anything, anywhere in the world. I believe that... Yeah if a tck comes at it like he's, like you're saying with the right attitude they can and will adapt to life in their right. home country
2: right there's a resentment there sometimes and just a stubbornness. Um, and there are lots of reasons for that that I go over in my talk on this topic, but um we need to be addressing that before we come back to this culture. And frankly I mentioned before that um sometimes people perceive us as arrogant when we talk about our previous lives, yes. but sometimes we truly are arrogant mm-hmm. and I never see that more than when it comes to our perspective on our passport culture. We just mm-hmm. have a chip on our shoulder a lot of times.
0: Mm-hmm. So, for people listening, uh, listening in on the podcast today, um, especially for TCKs, but also perhaps for TCK care providers and for parents of TCKs, I'm I'm sure that some some people are going to be listening to this thinking this is a resource for me. This is something that I would like to learn more about, that I'd like to participate in, or perhaps this is something that they know someone who needs this or is going to need this. What would the next steps be for someone who's uh, seriously interested in the Harbor Project?
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, so what I would ask you to do is go to com. It's Michelle with one L, so dot com, and find the Harbor Project page. It's right up there at the top. And then there are links there both for the people volunteering to the harbors and for the MKs looking for harbors. There are two links there. And in both cases, it will take you to a Google form that you can fill out. And um, And what happens is you'll see a map with all of the harbors, delineated on the map. They add a little pin in each one of them, and there's some basic information about each if you click on that pin. And then you can decide, based on that, who you'd like to be connected with in your area. If there's only one, that's going to limit the options, obviously. (laughs) Or if you just want me to pick from from the options in your area. And then I'll contact the Harbor and the MK, make sure we're on the same page, and then send an email that connects them to each other.
0: Okay. Um, Another question i just thought of, Michelle. It sounds like the focus is primarily on TCKs who are going through a transition and in need of a harbor in that time. Um, would this be something that might be applicable for TCKs who have perhaps already gone through the transition and have been living in the States for a while but are having a hard time adjusting to uh, life and culture in their home country?
2: hmm We actually have an age range that it's open to. On the website, it says if you're an M.K. between 17 and 24. Okay. So that does open, open the that um, um, bracket a little bit, yeah. and of course, you would make exceptions if there, were, if there were special cases. But I do need to really emphasize that if this is an M.K. who needs professional help or who needs a place uh, to stay long term, this is not what the Harbor Project is for. It's really for that supplemental support during, during or shortly after a major transition.
0: Sure, yeah.
2: And I actually asked if I can add a funny funny TCK thing. Shortly after I launched the harbor, I got an email from a TCK, and this is so typical ush, and it just made me laugh. She said, well, I'm starting this long road trip, and I'd like to contact this harbor and this harbor and this harbor and this harbor and and see if I can stay overnight with them while I'm traveling. (laughs) And that is, it's not a travel site either, just so
0: you're aware. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You know, one time, one time, uh, my wife and I were uh, driving across the country doing that crazy, you know, itineration schedule, and right. I told my I told my dad that we were going to be in such and such a town. It was like some small town in the middle of nowhere in North Dakota, and he said, uh-huh. "Stephen, it's going to be raining that day." And I said, "I know, but you know, we've got like we've got a tent. We're we're hardcore. We'll camp. We'll we'll be we'll be fine. A little <laughs> rain, it'll wash right off. I'm not a sugar cube. I won't melt." And he's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to find a place for you to stay, and so he's like, sure enough, I've got a, I've got a buddy from a seminary who pastors a church somewhere, and you know, in a half an hour, he had set something up for us to stay with a family that we'd never met before, I love that, that was a friend of a I friend love of a friend, that. yeah. so and that actually, yeah. that actually is a good
2: segue into one of the other sites that I. Maintain, and that's a Facebook page called um, the MK Lounge. Okay. Um, and the reason I bring that up is that sometimes something similar happens. A, a parent of an MK or of an MK, an MK himself or herself, will be stranded in an airport for a snowstorm or whatever, and somebody will post on there. Does anybody know anyone near this airport who can mm. take in this poor MK overnight? So mm-hmm. that's kind of a, a good place to number one to have really meaningful conversations with other MKs. Mm-hmm. We say we. The page is called the MK Lounge on Facebook, and the tagline is where thoughtful conversation and kindness are prized. So it's primarily a place for us really to get into what it means to be an MK to us, and, and in a frivolous and in a profound way, there's all kinds of conversations that happen here. It is not a political site. It is not a site where people go just to get a rise out of others. Mm-hmm. And then it's also a networking place where somebody can say there's an MK stranded in Ohio who can be of assistance to him and her tonight.
0: Mm. That's great. I love that. And if you're listening in on the podcast, I will post links to all of these things that Michelle's mentioned, including her own website and I'll see if I can post a link to the oh, Facebook great. site as well in the I will post links to the, these things in the notes on on my uh, on my website tckcare.com. So, if you're listening in on this uh listening through iTunes or Google Play or whatever, um head on over to tckcare.com, click on Michelle's episode and you'll see you'll see links there. So, And then, Michelle, something else that I just happen to know about you because I've been uh, sort of following along on your career for a little bit is that one way that you've creatively handled um, processing your own story and um, the MK experience that you've you've seen is by writing novels. Is that right?
2: That's right. Yep. It's what I do in my
0: spare time, if you can imagine that I have any of that. Nice. How's that going for you?
2: It's going pretty well. Um, I've, since I moved back to the states, I moved back in 2011 mm-hmm. from from Germany from Black Forest Academy, and really, I was not planning on being published. I had self published a couple novels, and when I was still in Germany, and um, through a friend of a friend, I met the editor at Tyndale, and she picked up those two novels that I self published. So I have two novels with Tyndale, and then I wrote one that I did not think would find a home because it is specifically about MKs. Mm-hmm. All the other novels are. Not not. They're mm-hmm. general fiction, usually historical timelines. Okay. Um, but this one is about MKs. It's called A Stillness and Storm, and you can probably post a link to that one, too. I'd be happy to, yeah.
1: Definitely. And
2: it is, it's, not, it's not a happy-go-lucky type of story. It's, mm. I, I, I see the novel as a cautionary tale, and this one points out what happens when passion or a, a pursuit of significance... Yeah takes reason and commitment to family, and Mm -hmm. when missionary zeal can actually become something that looks like idolatry. So Mm -hmm. it's not an easy read by any means. There's certainly humor in it, um, but the tagline on the front of the book by another author says that this this is the Poisonwood Bible for a new generation. So Mm -hmm. it has that vibe. It does not end as hopelessly as the Poisonwood Bible did. In fact, I never read that book before I wrote this one so that I wouldn't be trying to emulate what has been done before. Mm -hmm. But it has actually prompted readers to contact me online because my website is always listed on my books and to really further this, this discussion about the greatness of being MKs. and I don't want people to walk away from this podcast thinking that being an MK is all hardship and pain. I love being an MK and MK are so privileged to have grown up the way we have to have seen and experienced and touched and tasted what we have but there's a flip side and the flip side we haven't historically spoken about and and that's what really pushed me into this ministry was to bring into the light of day some of these topics that we've been happy to sweep away. <laughs> and this book really yeah. is a means to do that. It addresses mm-hmm. a lot of the hard stuff in one fell swoop so that we can bring light to it and hopefully prevent the same kind of, a, of attrition for today's MKs that people from my generation and before have endured.
0: Mm-hmm. Good word, yeah. And Michelle, I I just really appreciate that you mentioned that that you know even though perhaps the uh, main the main vibe of this book and perhaps the main focus on uh, discussion, especially as it pertains to, to transition and adaptation and that sort of thing, sure. a lot of the discussion does revolve around the um, the the more negative side, the hard things about the TCK right. experience. And yet, you mentioned uh, being in TCK is a huge a huge uh, blessing, a huge advantage um, in the constant adaptation that the tck yeah. has to go through yeah. they they learn um adaptation they learn empathy and um, they learn endurance in a way that you cannot learn at school and you, you can't learn if you want to you have to you have to go yeah. through these things and it just becomes a, an inherent strength deep inside of your soul that makes you who you are and um sort of sets you apart from the crowd or it can anyways and so I really hope that
2: absolutely, yeah. yeah, and 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 really, the focus of a ministry like mine is to number one remind us of everything you've just outlined, and to realize that MKs have this rare ability to simultaneously hold in one hand everything that is great and in the other hand everything that is weighing them down and my goal is to kind of cut the anchor chain that is that is anchoring them down with the hard stuff by addressing it by helping them to find healing by preventing it as much as possible that's why I love speaking at pre-sealed conferences so that the MPs can really thrive in the rest of it, in the greatness and and the achievement that sometimes comes from our multicultural um, abilities and the joy and and the relational abilities that we have. I mean, all of that is so great that for so many MKs, it's kind of anchored to the hard stuff that we haven't talked about.
0: Right. Sure. Yeah, that's good. I like that you're saying that you can cut the anchor that's sort of holding you down, yeah. or holding you back. Yeah. Um, and I would say, you know, TCKs can definitely cut the anchor without letting go of the hard things in their story you know just because you've had hard hard parts of your story doesn't mean that you know we're not saying that you need to forget that or you need to minimalize that in any way you can absolutely hold the hard things and hold the good things cut the anchor um, the thing that's holding you back from just living living life to the fullest you know
2: Right, and I would never suggest that an MK try to live above it or around it. That right. is so, the hard stuff is just as foundational to who we become as the good stuff, so yeah. my my goal, and trust me, I'm a 3 times cancer survivor, so I know mm. that there are things in our past that we cannot ignore or mm-hmm. that we cannot mm-hmm. deny, mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes the hardships that we have experienced, along with the greatness of growing up MK, will always be there, and they kind of need to be there. Number one, is cautionary tales so that we can prevent, repeat performances and number two as a means to connect with other people who might still be struggling with some of the things that we have finally overcome so that we can be the after picture we can present them with the hope of healing that we found
0: Mm, right yeah that's so good i love that well i think you know my hope and prayer is that um in listening to this episode there will be tck's out there and tck care people who have found A new shade of hope um, just by hearing about the Harbor Project and what's going out there, the huge response that you've gotten in people who are willing to invest in TCKs and MKs. um, Uh And I'm hoping Uh that more people can um, participate in things like this um, to really create that positive experience for TCKs everywhere.
2: And I'll add one more resource, yeah, um, go for and that it. is also on my website. There's one tab at the top that says MK articles, okay. and anybody who wants to know more about really specific issues that MKs um, benefit from or struggle with growing up, mm-hmm. this is a really easy resource page where every article is just listed as I'll read a couple: MKs and need, MKs and identity, MKs and loss, mm-hmm. MKs and faith, MKs and guilt. So all of those topics are addressed in individual articles and. Really, I would, for anybody who wants to know more about MKs, who loves MKs or who has raised MKs and doesn't quite understand who these children are, I would suggest that you start with the one at the very top of the page, the five seeds that explain MKs. And that's kind of a basic understanding of the differences that they might see in the MKs they know. And then from there, they can navigate through the rest of whatever other articles are interesting to them. And one last thing. Seven of my articles have now been translated into Korean. Oh, nice. So there is very little MK resourcing in the Korean church. Mm -hmm. And so if you or people you know are Korean and want to learn more in that language, feel free to send on those links. They're at the bottom of this list of MK articles that I've just mentioned to you.
0: Super. Thanks for that, Michelle. And thank you for joining me on uh, TCK Care the Podcast.
2: been a pleasure if people want to follow up they can find me through my website I try to answer all emails within a week we'll see
0: how I do okay super this has been TCK Care the podcast with Stephen Black and our guest for today Michelle Phoenix um this has been such a viable conversation, not only about the TCK experience itself, but also about some very interesting, unique resources that are available for TCKs. And I hope that uh, if you found that interesting, that you'll uh, go and check that out. Even if you don't need that resource for yourself, just uh, get on Michelle's website uh, or the Facebook group, whatever it is, and just familiarize yourself with what's there, you know, there may come a day when you need this for yourself, or um, this could be something that you would want to pass along to someone else, so definitely check that out. Also, speaking of resources, if you've enjoyed listening to TCK Care, the podcast, I would encourage you to let somebody know about it. If there's a TCK in your life, or somebody who needs to know about TCKs and needs to know what the TCK experience is, um go ahead and pass it along. You can just send them to the website, tckcare.com, or you can find the show on iTunes, Google Play, Lots of different places. Thanks again for joining me, and be sure to stick around next week for a TCK story. Steven out.